So I did a, a finger inside of a heart, uh, like one love. And then I did all around it, the countries, every country in the world. And I put that in front of my house for a year. And when my kids come home, they know where I stand and what type of message I'm sending out there. And people can read into it however they want to read it. I just think that no one deserves to be treated poorly and we deserve to be good to each other. And we also deserve to walk away from situations that are bad. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. This is Pat McCauley. My guest this week is the super funky Aldous Collins. Aldous is a buddy of mine. He is a Boston-based musician and artist. If you are from the Boston area or specifically um, from south of Boston, then you know who Aldous is. He is the go-to guy um, for uh, any kind of big event. Uh, his band, the Aldous Collins Band, um, is, is always kind of headlining stuff um, in this area. Um, and he's also uh, kind of just this light of positivity and love everywhere he goes. And he, he truly does kind of bring the good vibes and people, especially down this way, really look forward to um, going to his shows to feel good and have a good time. Um, and he also exudes that same um, love and positivity in his art. Um, and I'll leave links to uh, his music, to his art, uh, where you can buy his art and things like that um, in the show notes and, and everything else he's doing. Um, but we talk about how Aldous didn't start playing music until his late 20s, uh, why he feels he's always been called to the arts and is kind of something he's, he's had to pursue. Um, how building his confidence for the stage has been a process. Uh, this is interesting. If you've seen him play, like the last thing you would think is that he, you know, struggles with confidence, and that's something he's really had to build up over the years. Um, his advice for young creatives and artists, um, why we are in control of our destiny, um, what it's like to raise a mixed-race family in a very white suburb of Boston, um, this was really cool and interesting and, and awesome perspective that he gives there. Um, and why his main goal in life is simply good, loving relationships. Aldis is a great dude, as you'll see, um, a humble guy and, and a super talented guy. And um, yeah, this is maybe a little uh, different than the norm. I know we've been banging on a lot of really health-focused uh, episodes with doctors and whatnot. Um, this is a little more casual, a little more kind of life advice, um, sort of casual conversation. So just to give you a heads up there. I will let all this tell the rest without further ado, the super funky Aldous Collins. Fill me up with sunny relations. Even the places I look forward to. Thanks for having me. I feel like um, I connected with you, I would say, right at kind of the beginning of my journey of all this. Mm. Had just started this podcast. We were at a radio station with uh, Stan Blackmer, local. Um, I was talking about my book, then you came on after. Yep. And you were playing tunes with, with a couple of your band guys. And I was just like, holy shit, like this dude's amazing, you know, and uh, kind of followed since you've played uh, some events I've done and uh, yeah, yeah, man, we kept in touch. So. And, he, and here we are now. I mean, that's <clears throat> so Stan, that sh Stan doesn't do that show anymore. He doesn't. So that show ran for I don't even know. It must have been a dozen years or, or whatever. It was a very, yeah. it was a really long time. And he's he's a great guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's when we met, and here we are now, uh, both just uh, plugging away. Yeah, and, and for people that, that don't know, uh, you're a South Shore uh, musician, artist, um, and I feel like you are, I mean, you are the guy uh, south of Boston that people call when, you know, they're doing any kind of local event, and 
how you've been what at it for how many years on the south shore on the south shore well um, I, I was i was born in new hampshire and then about 15 years ago yeah maybe a little more i moved down here uh and i moved to hull i lived in hull for nine years but um yeah i kind of started by myself um then i brought a couple of players i used to play with in new hampshire and you know back and forth musicians and bands you know you change members just because it's it's a hard profession and it's it's crazy but uh here we are uh i guess this formation is probably you know it's a little different because it's not as big a band but uh you know the four the four of us that are playing now myself michael Rahman, um kevin hennessy and luke breck uh we i've been with mike the longest but as this you know these players have been playing uh we've been playing together for about six years yeah yeah so was this i mean music and art is this something that um you know has always been a love since a young age or like when does kind of all of it begin for you um you know as a kid i didn't i wasn't really even into music there was some around the house and i liked uh you know whatever was playing i was happy with it i wasn't like a big music guy but um when i was younger at 16 some kids asked me to play in a band so i was like okay so i sang in a band for like i don't know four or five months and then we just stopped and that was all the only music i really played i got a guitar and started doing stuff and i'd write here and there but i wasn't i had no focus on it at that point i was uh in and out of college and i moved out to oregon and i was more focused on like snowboarding and hanging out than I was in music. It just wasn't, never thought of it as something that I would really pursue. Um, and then I moved back from Oregon and one of the guys that was in that band was like, Hey, you want to play again? I was like, okay, I go, but I'm going to play guitar too this time. And that was when I was like 28. So I've been at it for a little bit. Yeah. So you didn't start playing until you're 28, like really playing. <clears throat> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you like, had you learned like instruments prior to that, like when you were younger? Because like, no, I mean, you know, not many years later, like, I mean, you're like you would think you've been playing music your whole life, you know? Well, you know, it's not like I'm like a great guitar player or I'm not. I mean, I can play a couple instruments, but I play them just enough to fake it. I'm not I don't um, I'm more about like what I write. And how and the singing and the connection of like making words and sounds kind of like interact with people so they you know just the the emotion of it even like when i listen to songs i almost don't even i mean i, I care about the words but i care about the emotion of it so it's just i don't know a couple notes and you can have an emotion i guess so i'm anyway i'm i'm not uh very trained i know enough to get around and to write songs i guess yeah and when does when did like painting and all that start as well? Well, when I so I I lived out at Mount Hood for a bunch of years and where I, Mount Hood? Yeah. Oh, in uh, Oregon. in Oregon, yeah. yeah, which was awesome. I loved it there. Um, but I was like, at one point, I was like, I stopped going to school <clears throat> um, to move out there because I was like, oh, I'm sucking poor, uh, very bad at uh, English. And were you just, <laughs> just like, like I just did? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I. Uh, I was like, this isn't working out for me. I'm gonna go snowboard. I love snowboarding. So we moved out there, and it was it was awesome. And then uh, I was like, oh, I have to go home to my family. The Northeast is is uh, as beautiful as the Northwest is. You know, my family wasn't there, so I was like, I'll go back. And then when I moved back, I was probably like 27, and I was like, I had two years to get my bachelor's, and I was like, oh, I'll try art because maybe I'll at least be able to finish, enjoy it. Mm. And that's how I did it. And then after that, when I was done, that's when the guys asked me to play music. And then I didn't do any art until four and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. And how have you, like, like over that time, right? You're, like, from, like, 22 to when you come back from, from Oregon. Like, how did you sort of stay? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you did. But how did you kind of stay confident in yourself to, like, kind of kind of block out, like, all the pressures that we hear from parents and friends of like trying to force you one way into like a corporate way of living or mm. like kind of just the pressures that like the normal 22 23 year old kid today very much has 
I think that I was able to avoid it because I have a, a small brain or something. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you know the pitfalls of doing stuff like this and leading this type of life. Um, you know, they're, they're financial mostly. And, uh, you know, the security of having a normal job is a, is a lot different. But I think that people who choose to do alternate paths and creatives and all that stuff, um, it's kind of inherent in people. You don't have a choice. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if I could, you know, have, or I could have, I guess, but if in if something in me allowed me to do it or something, I don't know, I, I probably would have had a different path. I just couldn't help doing what I did. Yeah. And is it like, along the way, I'm sure you've had jobs that have fallen outside of that, like, art and love of what you do. Yeah. I mean, well, when I moved down here, I had a painting business. So mm. I painted houses and then <clears throat> I was playing uh, just solo shows at that point a little bit with, um, you know, some guys from New Hampshire. And then it kind of evolved and I started playing more. Um, but I, I held on to that painting thing and I had like a bunch of guys working for me, like 10. Yeah. But I didn't like it. Yeah. And it was it was like a, it, it was a big enough company where I should have been making money, but I didn't love it, so I was like only almost just using it to pay the guys and just get by cuz it never like really you know was a great financial direction for me. It was just a direction to allow me to do that. Exactly. But I stopped that probably about 8 years ago. Yeah, and during those times where you where you've done things that like aren't in line with with you, right? Mm. And you you've done them for the money. I know just in my experience, when I have ventured off mm. the path, right, of, of like what I feel like I'm on earth to do, mm. like I just like in my <laughs> core, it just does not resonate, and it like really, like physically and mentally, just brings me down, and I just know I'm made for more maybe or like made for something different and um it just physically like harm harms my health i feel like when i'm when i'm doing things that are not aligned with with myself yeah i can see that yeah yeah I'm, i i think that i don't know if i feel that when i'm doing it yeah but i think that the overall weight of being in a poor direction probably weighs me down mm. and then when you're when you're through it um you know, it's easier to be, these are hard times doing this type of stuff, but when you do it and you're able to do okay, I guess, it's, uh, it's something to be really grateful about. Mm. So I hear you taking those other things in the, you know, at, you know, whenever you do stuff, I mean, even every job has its ups and downs and there's, mm. there's things I do that, um, they're not the, the the prettiest, yeah. But overall, they're all, most of the stuff I do now is interconnected, and uh, I feel really I'm very grateful for what I have. Yeah. So on that front, speaking of these times, like what's the past year and a half been like? I mean, you're a guy that I don't know how many shows you normally play, but mm. you were just off the radar for a year, I would assume. Well. It was kind of, to be honest, the break was great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that, you know, we've been playing in this band and, you know, there's a, a little bit of pressure to do stuff and to, like, whatever. It's just the natural progression of that type of thing. But um, with COVID, it allowed me to, you know, spend a little more time home and kind of understand what I really want. Um, well, I think it did that for a lot of people. But I also did that... Uh, I played a little more solo stuff, which, like, I did an online tour called Spiritual Gangster Tour, which was, uh, you know, I just raised money for friends and um, frontline workers and restaurants, and um, it was kind of a nice time for me to just chill out and play some music that maybe I wouldn't play in the band or just music that I like in general and help other people. So the overall from gigging out was a nice break, but um, it's it's nice to be back now. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not like pounding the pavement doing seven days a week. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, as you mentioned earlier, or, or maybe before, 
like you're you're definitely like you you deliver a certain energy like when you perform live that like probably can't come through like on a microphone would you agree with that like your your presence at like a show in a bar locally or like what you did over the weekend at at world's end Mm. like you're able to you know just deliver you know lift somebody's day up that maybe you couldn't do via a microphone would you say that's true well i don't know but but i mean i I would say that if that happens then i'm thankful for that i'm just trying to do what i do i do know that years ago when i would play i was i was kind of like um I was, I was, I don't know if shy is a word, but I wasn't confident. And it's not that I'm confident now, but I more have a, uh, you know, whatever. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And I think that some of the ability that I have to do the not care, like if, if I'm making like a weird face or if I'm sweating my, you know, or whatever, I think that that's kind of built this weird family around the music because it's allowed like all different ages and walks of life to feel okay. Or at least that's how I see it a little bit. But I remember I used to play before and I, I would, you know, years ago I wouldn't even look at people. Mm. It's an interesting thing. That's like having seen you play. Mm. That's like, yeah, I, I think that's a hard thing. And that's a powerful thing to say because when somebody sees you on stage around here, like they're like, wow, that guy, like when you step on stage, like you're, to me, you're like a different, you're, you're a different person. Maybe you're embodying like, you know, the, the all this that, that plays or whatever, but like, how do you, so you've slowly kind of, would you say you've slowly built like the confidence just from playing over the years or are there like certain like tactics or like mindset that you have that kind of like help you to I don't, deal I, with it? I don't, I don't know what would be the direct thing I've said in the past that like I, you know, so I'm, uh, um, I was married and now I'm not, um, well, I'm, I'm with my wife now, but I had a failed marriage, but like, I remember going through that and it, it was like, um, it was hard, you know, you don't think that's going to happen to you. And, you know, I didn't plan on that. It just, that's just how, you know, just how it ended up evolving. But I remembered after that point, there was like some like type of energy around that whole experience that was like whatever. And I kind of came out of that. I think that's kind of a point where I was um, less worried about, you know, if something like that happens to you, then what do you really have to get worried about? Mm. You know, so playing and being free was a, you know, maybe that's the one time I can be free. I don't know. So I think I got to that point somehow. Yeah. It's weird. It was weird. So that was maybe like a worst case scenario for you. Like I say this all the time. Like I wish more people would experience what the worst case scenario is. Like mm-hmm. everybody's all has all these fears, right? And maybe for somebody it's like getting on a stage and, you know, playing their first show. Mm-hmm. And I wish more people would get on that stage and have every fucking thing go wrong. Mm. And then realize that like nobody cared. Everybody was drinking their beer. Like <clears throat> everybody has their own lives and nobody's hyper judging you. And like your life goes on. And the thing that you thought was the worst possible thing to happen, like here you are in the other side. And to me, like like just failing like that, like publicly is like very empowering. Yeah, well, I mean, we failed yesterday at, uh, at World's End, but nobody <laughs> yeah. really said anything. <laughs> yeah. People were like, oh, it sounded good to us, but we had like, I'm actually playing bass in the band now, which I didn't play until two and a half months ago and never even picked up a bass. But I was like playing, no sound from the amp. And then my vocals were cutting out. And then mm. Mike, my guitarist, his guitar was cutting out. And it was a sound issue because the generator wasn't powering it. And we're up on World's End, and there's, I don't know, 1500 to 2000 people up there mm. i don't know what the number was but here we are like every time my my thing went out i mean sometimes i felt like i was singing like this not amplified mm. to all those people and it it weighs on you i felt like every time the amp cut out it would be like a knife in me mm. but after after it which it was a royally suck experience for us but i'm like well we got through it mm. like 
that worse things could happen. And people people said it sounded good. So I'm like, I don't know how they thought it sounded good, but they did. So, you know, I mean, maybe it was part of the aura of uh, um, World's End because it's a beautiful spot in Hingham to people who are, that don't know it. And it uh, overlooks, um, you know, Boston and the, the water. And it's just, it's a beautiful spot. So maybe the magic of that spot took away from the curse of our performance. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what would you say to like somebody like maybe a maybe a younger artist or or somebody pursuing the arts and they're they're afraid of kind of the stage or or worried about people's opinions like what what would you as somebody who has progressed and been through that like what would you say to that person? Well, I think no one else's opinion really matters, but I think you have to be true to yourself. So when you're not doing or you're not performing or you can't or whatever your parameters are, good, bad, or whatever, I think you have to be true to yourself, you know? I mean, I think we all kind of know why we aren't where we are or why we are where we're at. And I think sometimes people want to find other ways to look at why they're where they are, but it all comes down to us. Like, I do believe in... um you know, we're the masters of our own destiny. We can work really hard, and I think that if you don't take your foot off the gas, you'll get what you want. Mm, I so, love that. So, like with ki- like kids and stuff, or even adults, uh, I see people, and it's like, well, you know, woe is me. It's like, well, we're we're all in this together, and we all know what it's like to have good and bad days, and I think that. Um, you just have, you have to be honest with yourself and know your limitations and know what you want to do to you know get past those because those limitations can can hurt us or like uh you know our self confidence I mean maybe self confidence is a bad word but just how we reflect on who we are like there should be some course about how to you know not be humble but be proud you know and um, I think that that's that's what I would say is like, yeah, work on your craft and don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get there if that's what you want and you won't get there if that's what, if you don't really want it. I think with creative endeavors, you have to want it. And mm. if you don't, you'll end up in a certain spot and you can be happy in that. You can be happy in any spot, but what do you want? Mm. You know? And is there other than, you know, putting your head down and, and doing the work, is there anything else like you do that helps you like go towards a goal or, or, or something you've, you've set as like a, yeah, as a personal goal? Are there any like, whether it's like, I don't know, writing stuff down or visualizing stuff. Do you do like any sort of that stuff to help those things I never, be clearer? I never used to do anything. Yeah. Uh, I would just kind of get up and, you know, uh, put out the fires that were in front of me, (laughs) you know, and having failed relationships and kids and, you know, I mean, I'm very lucky now. My wife's awesome and I have a, we got a brand new baby and she's killer and she brings our whole family together. It's really, really nice and I'm very fortunate, but, um, you know, on, on a daily basis, uh, I think you do have to take some time for yourself. I'm terrible at that. But um, I think that even if it's as simple as like, which I never did, but I'm trying to do more of, and I was like anal about it for a little bit, but I've kind of fallen off because I'm so busy. But just lists. Yeah. Like, why not say what you want out of life? Why not Mm -hmm. tell it to yourself? So like, I make lists and they're not like, oh, I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that. I'm just like, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to work hard and I'm going to accept what comes my way and I'm going to be, try to be positive and, you know, just put myself out there. But you know, there's, I think, I think lists are an underrated thing. And I think that being a disorganized person, um, made me, <laughs> made me steer away from them. But when I do them, I feel good. Mm. I actually did one thing that was, was interesting. It never, I didn't even care about this stuff. To, and I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost 49, but I, I didn't care about success ever. I don't even know why, but I just didn't. I cared about doing stuff and getting some validation, but not like financial or anything like that. I just, I don't know. I guess I was just trying to breathe. But uh, I went to uh, Jill Jardine. 
Do you know her? No, I don't. She's a, a psychic. Okay. Is, Local or yeah, yeah, she's here? yeah, yeah, she's super well known. She's great. Okay. But she she been like you know I see her going on my shows and she's super nice. She has a thing. I think she's she's with the same place that Stan had his radio show. Oh, nice. Okay. But um, it was interesting. I was just like, well, I'm gonna see what she has to say, and and it's not that she told me anything like really different or anything, but she um, I like the. I like the idea of like getting out of your comfort zone. It's like I never thought I would go to a psychic before. And most of it you walk away from is just what you want to take from it. It's what you want to take from anything, but you yeah. want to be open enough to be able to hear it. And I think mm. that when you're trying to achieve or trying to do stuff, you have to be open enough to hear good and bad. Yeah. And, and just the idea of like, okay, I'm where I'm at because I know what I know and I've done what I've done right mm. if you do the same things right you're not going to get to any different place right so you know just being open to yeah things maybe 10 years ago you thought were batshit crazy or like woo woo or when it comes to health stuff like mm. uh, or like goal stuff mm. um yeah i think so many people just all it takes is being open well it was funny as a kid I always remember, I think it was in like a, like upper elementary or something. They had, in the nurse's office, they had like a cat with like a rainbow or it's holding onto a rainbow and it's like uh, hanging there or some crap. Like a little saying, and I, as a kid, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll hang in there. That's a, you know, I just would dismiss it as like lame. And it's not that I want to decorate my house with hanging there, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't belittle those things because those like it's like hanging around people that are going to make you better. Um, you know, I think it's d tough to, you know, find your crew and it's always evolving because we're always evolving. Mm -hmm. And I think you hold on the best you can to people and just be the nicest you can to people. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Life's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you're almost 50. Yeah. Right. Which I honestly wouldn't have guessed. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you're just a younger soul to me, you know, uh, I don't know. but, um, would you, would you say like the way you've chosen to live? Like, yeah. sure. There's straw, like we haven't even mentioned you have seven kids, right? right. <laughs> but, but like, you know, would you say the way you've chosen to live like deliberately, you know, doing really things that you're, you're passionate about and you love, do you feel like that has to an extent kept you young and, and kept you healthier than say the average person that's kind of, you know, doing stuff they don't like every day. Um, healthy. I don't know if it's done that. Mm. Um, maybe I feel a little younger maybe, mm. but I don't know. I don't know if the, those two walk together, but like, <laughs> yeah. um, I think at the end of the day, no matter what you do, like, you know, for me right now, all I care about is, you know, having nice relationships. I don't want any crap. I'm going to try to be as transparent and, you know, work hard. I just want to be good for my, my, my girl and my kids and, mm. um, you know, be there as much as I can for my friends and uh, the people I work for and with. Like, just want nice relationships. But I think... Having that and being very clear about it with yourself is going to um, at least take the stresses off. Mm. I think not knowing where I was at before and having things like pile up on me, then I, I think I allowed stuff that um, just wasn't great for me. Mm. So And probably, you know, I, I'm to blame for it all. Like, you know, I put myself in situations and I can... Yeah, I'm a big boy. I should be able to get him out, get myself out of it. I just have to be a big boy. Mm. Maybe I was just being a little boy. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. That young soul again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but uh, yeah, and maybe maybe that's the the superpower. There is. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like blue zones. Blue zones. Um, well, we're in a blue zone. Blue walls. <clears throat> blue wall behind you. Sorry. Okay, we'll we'll call this blue zone. But yeah. no, there there are five areas of the world. Like one's like Loma Linda, California. One's uh, in Greece, like Sardinia. One's in Costa Rica. But there are these five areas where the people there live the longest in the world and are, are you know, supposedly the happiest in the world as well. Oh. And, you know, they, like, you know, whatever the percentage is for, like, chronic disease for, like, Western 
people. Not mm. that like Loma Linda is like California. It's not far from LA. Yeah. Um, so they're not like tribes or anything. They're living in the real world. Um, but you know, their percentage of like chronic disease is like way, way below the average and they have the longest, um, you know, or, or the highest percentage of centenarians. So people live over a hundred in these areas of the world, like no problem. And they die of old age and, um, and one of the, so this guy studied all the, all them and like named them blue zones. Mm. Um, and one of the, the, the biggest things that kept people alive longest was, was their community. Mm. And they all have just very strong social ties. They all mm. have good relationships. They all have very close family. They all eat together every night at the table, you know? Um, so maybe that is well, your is your superpower a little bit i don't know if i have any superpowers but <laughs> but i do i do think that like you know the more we rid ourselves selves of like um you know i mean we're, we're always going to be faced with things that are difficult there's like difficult situations don't go away but negative situations can go away and um difficult and negative are two different things just because the situation is hard doesn't mean it's negative mm. so i think that um having the ability to look at something um through not through a life lens instead of like a woe is me then be like oh, well shit happens like mm. we got to be tough and work through it and you know i'm not perfect and neither are the people that I, i'm dealing with are like we're all we might be thriving in ways, but we're also struggling in ways. We all have our 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 crap. So yeah. I think that uh, I don't know if I'll make it to a hundred, but I do. I do. Lo- <laughs> I do love the idea of um, you know. That's one thing. I mean, I used to all I used to do is like snowboard or play tennis or skateboard or do crap like that. Now I, I you know I have a big life, so even just getting out to exercise or something is is a uh, a lot for me. But fortunately, I don't like overeat or anything so i'm not like you know I'm, I'm okay right now but uh i i think i love the idea of uh you're talking about you know centurions and uh i love the guys that or women whatever that are running yeah i mean right. that's insane to me i mean yeah. most people that you see have uh bladder bags and whatever by the time they're like in their mid 80s or something right. i mean 70 even yeah 70s it's yeah. hard and plus you know i know you're you know uh you're a green eater so it's like um the stuff that we're putting in our bodies is pretty it's pretty insane and um you know i'm 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 guilty of some terrible eating but i'm also not that bad but uh i mean even today uh for father's day i got piles of candy that's probably my biggest vice yeah and i'm like holy shit i'm gonna eat all this shit yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna eat it because if it's in front of me, I'm gonna eat every yeah, yeah. every piece of it, and then I'm gonna be like, oh, I feel like hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there's some some things you just, I don't know. Some things you do well, some things you you don't. Right. Yeah. You back know? Uh, terrible. Uh, but at yeah. least you're. But back to the on being honest with yourself, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you you're have not gonna to lie to yourself and tell you, like that's a, that's a good habit. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's hard, hard to get around. I'm like, if I'm feeling sick every time I do it, then it's it's a bad habit. So, seven kids, right? Mm-hmm. Some from previous marriage, right? Some I, from your current wife, and yeah. now some together. Yeah, like that is a combination, especially with the numbers there, mm-hmm. that like very few people have. I mean. What is that like? It's super busy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very busy, and um, we're lucky that we both uh, kind of can make our schedules what they are for the most part. But uh, you know, it, it, it's it's challenging and it's constant and it's 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 crazy. But it's it's cool. Like, so I came with three girls. And uh, Melanie came with three boys, and then we just had a girl um, during COVID. So that was a nice part of COVID too. So like we had, we were, you know, she was rearing a baby, you know, or whatever, developing a baby while while we're in the house. So I'm like, well, whatever, we can just chill out, and we're, we just it was a nice time to be a couple and to like, you know, for her to think about 
what it's like to, you know, grow a baby and to try to make it a happy environment. And it was really cool. And now the Indy is her name, Indy Ray. Now that she's arrived, it's like, you know, both of us being divorced and coming together, we, we bring this baby in and now all these kids that are like, what the heck did we just buy into? You know, there's <laughs> six kids and how could you guys bring in another kid? Now they're like, oh, this is awesome. Like she's the glue. So we, everybody's like, what's Indy doing? Like, so when my kids are with, um, you know, their mom, um, they, they call and they're like, FaceTime me so I can see Indy. So it's, it's challenging to have all these kids. It's like running a restaurant or like an inn, but it's, (laughs) it's, uh, it's super cool. I love it. I love being a dad and it's, uh, you know. I probably suck at everything else, but I I only half suck at being a dad. <laughs> I don't know. And how do you, do you have any particular like approach with your kids? And maybe that's the wrong word, but, um, you know, having, having obviously been raised by parents, um, y- yourself, like were there, are there certain things like that you make a point to do differently than, how you were raised? Um, you know, I don't know if I always like think like that. I mean, it's yeah. such a different world. I mean, I didn't grow up with much, but I was fine. I thought um, the kids now they just get everything. Mm. So, I mean, I want them to be happy, but I also do. You know, I don't want uh, to put off a thing that makes them just take. And I think that um, I, I'd like to instill a little more work without somehow I want to instill work without being a dick, Dad. And um, they don't really do that much work yet, but you know they're 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 great kids, and I feel really lucky. I think the 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 biggest thing that I want, um, even if they don't you know roll up their sleeves and help me as much as I'd like, is I just want them to be nice. I don't want them mm-hmm. to be picking on other kids and you know and that um that's no good Mm. so that's that stuff pisses me off if some if if they're in a you know if they're just rude to me or to you know the other kids or whatever and to be honest fortunately that barely happens yeah so you know at least for now we're we're lucky but we're the oldest is 16 and the youngest is uh, 11 months so Mm. We got plenty of time for some uh, some heavy action to go down. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but we're trying for good stuff. That's like my family about about sixteen year difference from the oldest and youngest. But um, you also have a mixed race family, yeah, right. And over the past year and a half, that's obviously been something all over the news and everywhere as well. Mm-hmm. Do you like how do you talk to your kids about that? And obviously, like. We live where we live, which is like 99% white, I think, right? That's, pretty, you, that's pretty white. Do you like, you know, how do you talk to your kids when like, you know, they see this type of stuff on the news or anything? Like, how do you, how do you approach that stuff? Um, well, I'm not someone that's going to be out there marching on the front lines, but I think that anybody that knows me knows where I stand on things and uh, I don't like to get political or stuff like that but um you know i just want my kids to know who i am and that i'm accepting and open and that they shouldn't tolerate anything but that and um you know it's a it's a tough world and it it, we do live in a tough area people don't think it's tough in that ways but they don't live the way we live we have a different lens in them, so I don't claim to know what their life is like, but I do know what racism and um, division is like around here, and it still exists, yeah, for sure, in in many different forms. But um, we have plenty of nice friends and stuff, and we just try to stick to our groups and uh, evolve in a way and celebrate all walks and uh, not put up with people that don't mm. steer clear of them. Yeah, and is there? Is there anything you do, like, have you ever had to, like, have a different conversation um, with one of your kids versus the other, like, because they were treated differently than one of your other kids? Like, well, does that happen? 
Um, well, they've been kind of isolated in that world, but they also are aware of it. So they, um, you know, at a point where it's like, you know, this stuff kind of came to a, um, evolved the way it did and got kind of heavy and yeah. and kind of sad, really, because it kind of things that I guess you want to overlook are uh, unfortunately they're still there. And uh, for me, um, you know, it's of course I have to have different conversations. They're all different. We have to have them about a, a bunch of things. But um, you know, one thing for me was I I'd had this idea of I did a one love thing, and I do. I have always loved music of Marley, but I in my mind I was like, I wanted to do something that would be like, um, like a mural for people to like do selfies in front of but it would but 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 it wouldn't just be a cool mural it would be sending a message so i did a a finger inside of a heart like one love and then i did all around it the countries every country in the world and um i put that in front of my house for a year and when my kids come home they know where i stand and what type of message i'm sending out there and people can read into it however they want to read it i just think that no one deserves to be treated poorly and we deserve to be good to each other and we also deserve to walk away from situations that are bad mm. and support people that are, that are in bad situations. And I think a lot of people look at situations and think that they have um, you know, some type of answer or that their answer is right and it's like, how would you know? You don't live it. Mm. It's that, that 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 was one of the big things I like watch people say things and stuff and um, good or bad it is what it is but it I don't claim to know what I you know I'm, I'm a musician but I don't claim to know the entire uh, theory of music I don't even know a you know a hundredth of it you know mm. so something that's is touchy and hard and brutal is you know discrimination. I mean, I've been discriminated in ways, to be honest, but it, not like that. Mm. So all I can do is just be nice and just be loving and, you know, support my kids, and that's what I try to do. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if that's no, a that's good not, answer, but that's just what no, I do. That's, that's awesome. just what and, I do. And I, and I know the I know the painting. I've seen the painting, and, uh, yeah, it's cool that, like, that was your intent behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My intent was I wanted people to, like, you know, be able to come together, and and I you know my my in my mind I was like someone from uh, Tunisia or like uh, you know um, whatever Greece or where, wherever wherever Costa Rica they'd stand next to it and they point to their country and they'd be like yeah you know feels good to feel included we all want to feel included so mm. uh, that's that was kind of the thing but I actually just gave that to my buddy. Um, Brian Houlihan, who owns a ton of restaurants in the area, and uh, he put it up at his place called The Parrot and Hull. So, whatever, that's where that's hanging out. If you want to see it, yeah. And you did it. Was it up at Derby Street for a little bit? Did I see it? No, or but it I. It was somewhere. No, else. at my house. That's it. It was just at your house. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't. I think I had a the piece thing might have been up there. I had a piece on. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that was at Lululemon, but. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was cool. It's cool to go that I know, you know, Brian has like a a worldly look and, you know, um, he wants to be all inclusive and nice. And I was like, well, what better place? There's, you know, Hull's probably one of the most diverse areas around, really. Um, And it makes me feel good that people can go there and be like, oh, that's a that message makes me feel good. Mm. Yeah, I was talking the the last episode I did, it was with a a Boston guy who lives out in uh, Bend, Oregon now. Oh, cool. and, um, but he, he's originally from the South shore. And, um, I, I didn't know that when I started interviewing, but, um, you know, I, he, I didn't even realize like seven, it's like 17 of the top, like white Irish towns are like South of Boston on the South shore, like in, in the country. Oh, really? So like, that is how like, just literally no diversity <laughs> we have. It's mm-hmm. like situates like the the most white Irish town in the country. That's what they say. Yeah, that's true. It, 
You know, it's, well, I, when my kids were with their mom, they lived there, but it doesn't seem that, um, I could be wrong, but it yeah. doesn't seem, I mean, there's all obviously all walks everywhere, mm. but it seems a little, I don't know, I know a lot of people in, in situate, but there does seem to be. Changing a little bit. Well, there seems to be some good vibes there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take what I'm I'm feeling, and hopefully I'm just kind of warding off the other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Well, so you uh, you just started playing again, you know. Mm. Here we are, you know, a year later or whatever, and uh, yeah, you're playing. Uh, you're you're back on your Wednesday nights at um, what there on three A Road Marine, yeah. Marine yeah. yeah, yeah, which you rock out. Um, I'm trying and. Um, yeah, man. What's like? What's kind of going on right now? What's next for you? If you know, kind of well, what's happening. You know, uh, well, Rote has been years that we've been doing that one, and it's pretty cool. I mean, he just actually put palm trees all over the place. Cool. And uh, it's it's so funny because that place um, really our Wednesday series there was thriving, um, but we've we've had a lot of sound complaints <laughs> that have been exhausting like you know going to the town all these things like there was always something to complain about or whatever and whatever i'm not, I'm not a neighbor so i don't know what it's like but it was they don't like it some of them mm. um but we just opened off the season last week with no complaints and i don't know i think we had i don't know people were saying 500 i have no i have no idea how many people are going to it but it's a small spot yeah, so they're squeezed yeah. in there and it's it's interesting but the uh the look and feel and you know, thing is is great. So we're back there. We do levitate on uh, July fourth. It's on the fourth this year. Yeah. Well, no, we're just playing in the backyard. We have a show there. Oh, um, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, right behind the surf shop. They're actually doing the, I don't know what how you'd call it, uh, pop up festival. I think that's on the seventh or sixth of August. And is that uh, is that like the levitate, like the big one they do? Is that August? Uh, it's or supposed is that to. Happening? It's it, it. That's it. But it's not the same size. It, it's like a limited size. It's called yeah, a yeah. pop up instead of the big thing. But yeah. they'll still there's still great bands there. Yeah, yeah. It'll be pretty cool. So is that primarily Wednesdays that wrote? Is there anything like uh, else every week or every other week you do or anything? No. Or is it just spotty from there? Like you pick and choose. Yeah, it's spotty. Like yeah. I'll do the levitate, and then we're doing um, sound check as a new room opening up, which will be the only indoor big facility that south of boston really sound check yeah it's in pembroke okay um really nice guys and they just built a room i think it's 600 capacity so it's a serious room it'd be like playing the sinclair or something mm -hmm. but there's no rooms like that down here yeah. so we're excited for that and i'm talking to beachcomber because they're starting to book music again which is that's always one of my favorite gigs yeah and then yeah just spotty stuff and <clears throat> we do a lot of parties and stuff Mm -hmm. so we'll squeeze those in but um yeah just 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 a few bangers here and there yeah yeah, yeah. and is that like is that like if you kept kept doing that for the next you know 10 years like is that are you happy doing that or is there like a vision beyond that um Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what, mm. what, what a vision would be. I mean, my, my vision is to just um, continually to put myself in a better position for my family. Mm. Um, you know, what kind of whatever that entails to a degree. But uh, as far as, like, the music end of it, I don't know. I'm pretty fortunate. Like, I mean, Life is Good has picked up a couple of our songs recently. I'm writing songs for companies right now. Um like nothing, nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't picture myself being um, anything huge. I don't know. I like, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay just as long as like. But we, would you want to be? Would I like if you be? happen to be? Like if, think, if over the next five years, like, you know, you wrote a song for somebody and it blew up or something, and if there was a path there, like, is that something that interests you or no? Um. Well, I mean, yeah. If there was value attached to it, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. But I don't, I, I'm not like focused in that way. I'm focused in my everyday and uh, doing stuff. And I'm not like, um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of just have ideas of doing something that I like and getting closer to what I like. And if that it means that other stuff comes with it, great. But I just want it to be 
successful enough. Mm. You know, I don't I don't want to be someone to be like, oh, I I really should be this. Like I I don't know what I should be. I'm just trying to make mm. some music and have some fun, and I'm very thankful for whatever like cool stuff happens because it's either way I'm already lucky. Mm. Like what what's happened has been you know nuts. I've had some very fortunate situations really i mean probably a small percentage even without you know whatever a uh, small percentage of people have had that in the grand scheme of things because it's music's hard mm. where does like that that see the bright side op- optimism like come from is that something you you've always had like that that you know gratefulness or is uh-huh. that something you've developed I think in general, I'm not, I, I, I mean, I, my, my mother is like a sweetheart. So a lot of that stuff, like if I have, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for what she's given me in that like mindset of like, well, tomorrow's a new day, you know, we'll, you'll be okay. Mm. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like my, my girl's like, well, you never get mad. And I'm like, well, I, I don't really have much reason to get mad unless someone like is an asshole to me. Mm. But in general, hard situations aren't going to make me mad. I don't get frustrated. I don't raise my voice like unless someone's like being vindictive or crappy. Mm. But I think that um, I don't know. I think that you have to be content. Mm. Otherwise, what's the what's the other? I don't want to not be content. I want to try to achieve more. But, like, you just kind of have to live in a world where you're, like, okay. Because otherwise, when you're not thankful or grateful, then you're screwed. 100%. (laughs) What are you going to do? Yeah, it's like, like, the, the, the definition, to me, the definition of unhappiness is wanting things to be different than they are. Mm. And you can still, so... You know, there's a term I love, blissful dissatisfaction, where you're like, you're blissful, you're content with where you are, but that doesn't mean you're not driven to, you know, get to other places. But you're not, there isn't friction between, like, where you are and where you want to be. You're, mm. you're content with where you are and you accept where you are. Mm. Otherwise, you're unhappy when you want things to be different than they are, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, I feel bad when people aren't, Mm. you know, I mean, that could affect why, you know, they're angry or whatever. And fortunately I don't have like that. I mean, whatever I'm human. We all, we all, we all, I'm not saying we're perfect here, like mixing it up and we're two perfect humans. Yeah. We screw up and we suck. I suck a lot. I mean, I'm not, but, but I don't really waste my time on, on stuff because it, it just doesn't seem helpful. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. I guess I waste my I do waste my time on some things because I'm human and it's it's hard not to reflect or think about bad situations, but I am really interested generally in just kind of create things where people are like, "Oh, well you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you and we'll keep doing our thing i don't know something Mm. like something like that yeah no 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 i hear you and it's like like i feel like most people like put off like where you're at with that with that mindset like that content like okay with where you're at mindset you know most people are always like you know when when i get the house i'll be there when i get that car i'll be there when i get that job like then i'll i'll be there Mm. i'll be content and then they get there and they realize like that that doesn't change like anything from the inside whatsoever, you know? Yeah. So like, it's powerful that you, you hold that, you know? Well, it's, it's funny. Like our life is hectic, yeah. but I say to my girl, I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm grateful. I have, I have you to do it with. And like, I enjoy you. Like, let's, let's not get worried about this stuff. Like we're lucky to have what we have. And it's just a moment. Mm. I mean, like like I said, we had 12 people in our house for, or 11 people for a week, and a dog. 
<laughs> like 11 people in our house and at 1.12 that's a lot of people to have at your house non-stop mm. so you know it seems like one thing but the, it's daunting to prepare meals to think about everybody's needs all of a sudden you know your challenges are you know they're big it's big mm. but it's just a moment we can get through it and then put our head on the pillow and be like Whew, what the hell was that <laughs> and we're through it you know yeah no i love that i love that that it's just a moment like i, lo- I love that perspective as well because i think so many people you know they they have a moment during the day mm. and it defines their their day yeah. and they're like oh it's a shitty fucking day because it's like one moment happened yeah and it's like just the ability to like you know yeah sure react and be angry at that moment for a little bit if you need to mm. but then it's like you know are you gonna let that ruin your whole day like the guy I just had on he had a great saying it's like if you get like a, a 20 dollar like bank fee like you don't you don't empty the whole account like it's just like you don't throw out the whole day right you know by these one moments you kind of you, you regroup and you don't let it define you you know I, yeah, I think you don't let it define you, but I do think you, or whatever, I feel like I, I at least honor the, the moment. So I'm not forgetting it. I'm not like, mm. I'm not like, oh, I just got hit by a car, but that was no big deal. Mm. I'll be like, that, that moment sucked. And what are the ramifications of that moment? And that's the whole thing of like, you know, you have to look inward, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be beating myself up or be an asshole to anybody. I'm going to be thinking about it and be like, well, you know why that happened is because you put yourself in that situation Mm. and, um, it sucks. And maybe I'll like everybody, we, people stew on things because I think that that's, that's a human nature. I think that even if you're positive, You, you have to sit and think about you have to sit in your own shit to learn you mm-hmm. know and I think these little moments they add up and you you know you sit there and you know you want to smell better you gotta realize what you're smelling <laughs> yeah. I don't know it's just I don't know I, I like the idea of letting it go but I like the idea of internalizing it and understanding it so you can experience less of that and mm-hmm. for yourself and and put out less of it for others right and and when you sit with it in my experience right and you again and kind of accept it and Mm. you kind of accept what's going on yeah right and you sit with that and you feel that you don't go you know do some drugs to cover up that feeling or like go pick up some other substance or like candy or candy eat eat tons of candy (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean um yeah absolutely well that's a hard thing though too like you know people look at people that are i mean even through covid people are doing tons of drugs committing suicide all this stuff and it's like well i don't know what it's like to be them i have no idea what it's like to be in their their head um i'm I'm grateful that i don't have that challenge Mm, i I hope something doesn't click and then i'm all of a sudden like oh i'm on that train but you know i just try to be aware and you know empathetic or sympathetic or you know understanding of people that have different things i think you know part of being an open to all walks is to you know be open towards the you know all sorts of mindsets too because like you could be fortunate that you're able to like you know you you work out all the time and you're 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 all about what you take in your body um but the world's opened up for you where it works time everything because there's there's a lot of time that goes into it and uh privilege in some ways to Mm -hmm. be able to have that that thing but there's also a lot of dedication a lot of sacrifice to do it too um but i think we celebrate everybody's paths and Mm -hmm. try to help everybody achieve the best them whatever that path is as long as it's not screwing someone else or hurting somebody else or themselves Mm. i love it man I love it. So is there anything we haven't covered? Any 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 advice, any update, any 
any PCU, you have the airways for, for the last word here that uh, uh, you, you might want to share any, any nugget of wisdom or anything like that. Well, I don't, I don't really have any nuggets and I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, just a bunch of baloney, but, um, I will say that I was one thing that happened over uh, COVID is I, so I did this tour called spiritual gangster and then Springdale beer company. Um, they reached out to me and they are, uh, part of jack's abbey and it's a big brewery in framingham and I've, I've had a lot of partnerships and done some stuff um but them and um, wicked dog apparel they took took my art um and they put it on clothing and it, it was just it's cool to have nice collaborations and that clothing collaboration and the spiritual gangster beer uh it's a hazy ipa it's uh i'm really psyched how it turned out and I just like that I'm working in these collaborations where the people are fair and cool mm. and um, they celebrate me. So I'm trying to do my best, best to celebrate them. So I don't know, uh, maybe my my uh, my lame advice is to uh, let's uh, do more celebrating of each other. That's all. Mm. I love it, man. Well, before we sign off, uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks and, for having me. Yeah. And, and yeah, man, you're like, especially on the South Shore here um, and in the Boston area, like you are what you just talked about, you know, over the past hour. Like you're that guy that always seems to like, you know, be loving and accepting and, you know, like a life for people. So appreciate you. I'm trying, but th thank you. <laughs> thank you, man. All right, man. I appreciate you having me.